Hey everyone, I'm Mariah, the founder of Content Queen, a content agency and educational business for entrepreneurs and online business owners. I'm a digital nomad, passionate traveler, serial rambler, and big dreamer with the purpose to inform and educate. So I started this podcast to help more people like you on all things content creation, marketing, and business to help you build a more profitable brand using content marketing as a strategy. Join me as I share top tips, my struggles, and triumphs to help you and your business. Remember, content is king, and that's why I love being the content queen. Hello, gang. How are we all? I hope you are having the best week ever. I truly do. The podcast episode this week, email marketing. We haven't had an email marketing podcast since the amazing Anna Rogan, uh, probably a year and a half ago, maybe longer, definitely longer, but we have Kylie today. Before I dive into Kylie's amazingness, I just want to let you know that the Content Queen membership is live at the moment for you to join. Uh, If you are looking to build an email list, of course, this podcast will have great tips for you, but to actually get it executed and started, the Content Queen membership will be perfect for that. Very entry-level, low-end offer, but allows you to be able to stop procrastinating, stop being a perfectionist, and get your content out there so that you can serve your ideal client. So make sure you jump on that. Amazing. Let me introduce Kylie. Kylie Lang is a marketing specialist helping coaches and creatives grow their email list and generate consistent income using automated sales funnels. After building a seven-figure digital course company, helping over 10,000 solopreneurs in the wedding industry, she was driven to help others achieve the same level of success. Through her 14 years as an online educator, she's developed a creative approach to list building using attraction marketing techniques and high converting personality quizzes. Her strategy for generating and nurturing leads on autopilot all starts with her fab factor formula, focusing on injecting your personality into every area of your marketing, creating an emotional connection with your audience and therefore turning subscribers into paying clients. Her clients are fabpreneurs from around the globe, including coaches, brand designers, fitness consultants, photographers, authors, all with one thing in common, to create a business that gives them freedom, flexibility, and financial success. Amazing. Kylie is incredible. Let's dive in to all things email list building and nurturing with the amazing Kylie Lang. Thank you so much, Kylie, for joining the show. Can you please tell everyone a little bit more about yourself and your business? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. Um, So my name is Kylie Lang. I have been a course creator for 13 very long years. Um, And I started my first digital course company when the whole digital thing wasn't really in existence. Um, So my very first uh, course was actually sent out by Australia Post. Can you believe? (laughs) It was a big A4 envelope um, stuffed full of information, which went out of date the minute it left, you know, that type of thing. Um, And then obviously I've had a very uh, big learning curve on digital courses. So fast forward to around 2015 and all of a sudden we stopped just getting leads organically. It was at that time when 
all of a sudden being top of Google didn't cut it anymore. You needed to start advertising. You need something called a lead magnet, which I'd never even heard of at that time. And so this was kind of at the point when I suddenly stumbled across the idea of building a quiz for my audience to take, which would then lead them into my course. And so that's what I do now. I still have my digital course company, um, although I don't work in it, I work more on it. I have a team that run it for me now. So it's a bit more like a well-oiled machine. Um, and I focus on helping other people, other course creators and coaches to design their own quizzes so that they can actually fill out their diaries, have set out launches and continually build their email list. So yeah, my other title is quiz funnel strategist. <laughs> I love go. that. That is so cool. I love, I love the old Australian post delivering your courses. I know. <laughs> that, <laughs> is great. that is great. So chatting about, yeah, lead gen, email marketing for everyone listening how important is building an email list as a marketing strategy? Oh my God, hands down, it's the biggest thing ever. So let's wind back into October, which was only you know a few weeks ago. And we had this big outage on Facebook and Instagram, remember? Mm-hmm. Everybody was up in arms. Oh my God, what's going on? Well, you see, you don't own those platforms. You do own your email list. And apart from anything else, social media is about being social. It's not about selling. You don't really build intimate relationships and connections over social media. You build awareness. You showcase who you are, your personality behind the brand, etc. With an email list, you've been invited into somebody's personal space. So it's more like sitting down at a table and having a cup of coffee with somebody and having a more intimate conversation. That is where you build the no like trust factor with your audience. And that is where you really can start to hone in on what their challenges are, what your what their pain points are, position yourself as an expert. And then of course, showcase how, what it is that you offer is the solution to whatever problem they have. I love that. I love how you explain that. And of course, you know, I remember when the outage come on and I was just, I know. <laughs> everyone just Huge, went crazy. And I remember having conversations, someone's like, okay, I'm going to build a website now. I'm like, that's a good idea. That is a great idea. Maybe you should get into that. <laughs> um, Absolutely. But, you know, as a, uh, a creator myself, I can say my recent launch in, we have a membership at Content Queen where it's like templates, guides, resources, and all the sales come through email marketing. So, yeah. you know, it's just an... And that's when I, I turned to my team and I said, email marketing is our focus until now and the rest of the year. So let's just, how can we well, build this up? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know what? Email marketing is a bit like dating. So mm. hear me out on this one. <laughs> you would not propose marriage on the first date. Or if you do, you're a bit of a widow. But you really wouldn't, would you? You go through this process known as dating, where, you know, you don't eat spaghetti on dates one and two, you know, you're on your best behavior for a bit, and then you showcase a bit more, and then you get to, you know, first base, and then so on and so forth. That is the dating process. Well, email marketing is kind of the same, because sales is like that. You cannot ask somebody to buy from you when they don't know you because it doesn't equate to the value you've given them so far. So I like to think of my email marketing process when I'm sending out between six to eight emails in my nurture program. And we'll probably talk about that later on. But each one of those is like its own little date. And it takes me that little bit closer to the proposal. 
I love that. That is great. <laughs> well, you know, if you are me in the dating process, like we need to, we need to talk about that in a whole other scheme of things. Cause I probably yeah, maybe would, we shouldn't go down that road. <laughs> I probably would eat spaghetti on date one. <laughs> no, I love that. And, um, you talked about when we were sort of setting up this um, this episode and when we had a bit of a chat about using your fab factor to build an email list on autopilot. Yeah. I would love to know more about this because it sounds amazing. Okay, so your fab factor is this thing that I have created as a way of really getting people to understand that in this day and age, you really need to inject your personality into what you do. So we don't buy into the whole cheesy car salesman spiel anymore we just don't we also are kind of over the whole like curated look on Instagram now we're into real and raw (laughs) we're not into curated looks we want to know the person behind the brand we want to connect with them ultimately so the way you do that is by embracing what I call your fab factor so everybody's got a fab factor and it can be anything so I have embraced my fab factor and I inject it into everything I do. So I'll tell you what it is in a minute, but your fab factor essentially, and I'm going to use a French phrase here purely because I live in France and it's about the only thing I can say in French. Um, It is your je ne sais quoi. So it's that thing that makes you you, that's unique to you, that nobody else can borrow or use or have, but it's going to be that thing that people connect with you over. And what you've got to remember with your fab factor is it will turn some people off and it will completely float somebody else's boat. And that's what you want to do. It's called, we call it the attract and repel scenario. It is, you want to attract those people that belong in your tribe, that get you, understand you, love the same things that you do, laugh about the same things that you do. And you want to repel the others because it's, it's really hard work trying to sell to somebody that doesn't like you (laughs) or trying to sell to somebody that just doesn't understand you or get you or really understand your entire passion for ABBA, which by the way, is my fab factor. I'm a complete and utter ABBAholic. I can find a business outcome within pretty much every ABBA song. And if you check me out on Instagram, you'll see (laughs) my awful lip syncing to various different ABBA reels. But I inject that into everything that I do, including within my email marketing. I even have a quiz that I've built called, what's your fad factor? But like I said, the reason this is so important is because building an audience now compared to four or five years ago, it's not about who can shout the loudest. It's about who can build that emotional connection, who can make people feel like they could sit across a table from you and have a glass of wine with you or a cup of coffee or a you know, piece of cake or whatever floats your boat. You know, they need to have that connection with you, but they're not going to have that if you come across as some kind of corporate person that feels like a cardboard cut out of everybody else that they've read about. They can't have a connection with a couple cut out. They can only have a connection with a very real, raw human being. So when people see me out on my dog walk, singing ever at the top of my lungs, looking hot and sweaty with not a drop of makeup on or a stitch of makeup, no, that's not the right saying either, is it? But you know what I mean. They connect with me because I'm real. I don't really care what I look like. I want my message to get across. And I want people to think about me 
when they are thinking about whatever it is that they're struggling with within their business. So this is how powerful your fab factor is. When ABBA released their brand new songs just a couple of months ago, two new songs, I got an unbelievable amount of messages from people on email, DMs, people tagging me on Instagram, because the first thing they thought of was me. It was unbelievable. But that's the power of injecting your personality into what you do. So obviously I don't just talk about ABBA, clearly. <laughs> um, I also talk about other things in my life that are part of my fab factor, like the fact that I live in the beautiful French countryside. I do go and buy a fresh baguette every single day, you know, and people will talk to me about those different things. I have a love of Downton Abbey. You know, so when it comes to your fab factor, you try and think of four or five things that you absolutely love. Now, not your entire audience won't connect with everything that you're talking about, but they will find one thing that they love, that they can connect with, whether that's Harry Potter, Downton Abbey, Abba, maybe it's your love of baking, perhaps you're the next Nigella Lawson, who knows? But people will connect with you over this because they have to have that connection first before they can buy into what it is that you do. So that's what your fab factor is all about. No X factor, that's gone and dead. Fab factor. So there you go. Hopefully that explains it for I you. <laughs> love it. I love it so much. And I was just like thinking of mine. I'm going to have to note them down when I get off the call. But yes, um, it's, <laughs> it's so Definitely. true though. It is. And and um, it's it's your niche. It's what makes you stand out above the rest. And um, right. you know, we only have to watch TikTok to see that people have the fab factor when they take a niche and they just really ram it home and you watch every single yeah. video of theirs, even though it's That's exactly right. the same, but it's what makes them unique and their channel different than all the other TikTok channels. I use TikTok as a reference a lot because I think it's the most fascinating social media platform at the moment just oh, because definitely. how people are I using it. really gone down that road yet, but I do find it fascinating how it's just, you know, turned ordinary people into video superstars. And it doesn't have to be polished. You don't need a team. I mean, I don't. I take my little ring light, stick it in the garden and dance around or do whatever I'm doing. In fact, not so long ago, I got caught by my post lady. I was stood on the wall outside my property with my ring light precariously balanced on the wall, dancing around to take a chance on me. She stopped the car and said, what are you doing? I said, Instagram reels. And she looked at me and went, oh, okay, and drove off again. So, you know, these things, you can have a lot of fun with them. You oh, really can. That is so good. I love that. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm going to go a little bit off and talk about this fab factor. So how do we, when we're, um, if we've got an email list now, maybe a small list, um, maybe we haven't got one at all. How do we inject our fab factor? Is it in our email sequence? Is it, how do we sort of put our personality into the content that we're creating to, to put out there? So when I'm writing any type of email, and this is probably my number one copywriting tip, is I want you to think about writing in the way that you would have a conversation with somebody. So think about your best mate, your best friend. What, how would you talk to them? How would you, you know, what sort of things would you talk about? Because when it comes to injecting your fab factor, it can't feel forced. It has to feel natural. You know, whenever you're talking about something you're passionate about, generally, 
you'll talk about that with your best friend, with your mom, you know, whoever it might be. So when it comes to writing about it, when it comes to injecting it into whatever form of marketing um, you're thinking of, you know, often it's about asking questions of your audience as well. So it might be that you are talking about, let's use the baking analogy again, then it might be that when you're referring to what it is that you're doing, you use baking analogies. You know, so for example, if we were talking about um, creating a subject line for your email, then it might be that you say the best recipe you can get for having high open email rates or something like that. You know, so you can start to inject it in lots of different ways. But when it comes to writing, you absolutely need to be thinking about how you would have a conversation. So for me to really get into that zone of copywriting, first of all, I actually used to talk it out on a dictaphone because a lot of people find it easier to talk than they do to write. And once you've talked it through to yourself, you can then write it a lot easier. So another way of thinking about it would be, how would you write a letter to somebody? I know it's very old fashioned to write letters. You know, we all write emails <laughs> now. In fact, we don't even do that sometimes. We just send an SMS with an emoji on it. But think about how you would write a personal letter to somebody. You're having a conversation one-on-one. -on -one. And what that does is it makes it so much more relatable. You know, mm. throw the English language out of the window. You can start a sentence with and because any of those things, you know, Forget about whatever your grammar teacher taught you at school. And I know most any grammar teachers listening here, I do apologize, but it doesn't sound good. It sounds forced. Whereas when you write the way you would speak, suddenly mm. your emails come alive. You're having a personal conversation with somebody. And if you think back to what I told you right at the beginning about email marketing being somewhere where you go into somebody's personal space, then have a personal conversation with them. You know, mm. try not to force it. Next time you're having a conversation with your friends, think about how what you're talking about could be injected into an email that you send to a client. Because at yeah. the end of the day, you're building a relationship. It's the same thing. It's just that you're not doing it in person. You're doing it with words. So use the same sorts of words that you would do in everyday life. Yeah, it's the most amazing piece of advice because I think as a writer and as a very passionate writer, um, you know, there's always at school we get told we have to write a certain way it's not good you are not a good writer because you write like this now it's like you're a good writer because you are writing content that's relatable if you are speaking like if you're writing how you speak and I love it I love it absolutely I'm a big fan yeah <laughs> as I say, don't worry too much. Obviously, make sure that you've done spell check. Yes. I'm not telling you to uh, chuck grammar out the window quite from that perspective. We do prefer to have full stops, commas, and um, capital letters in the right places and words spelled correctly. But other than that, <laughs> you're good to go. Yes. Yeah. I love it. So if we go to, okay, so we've, we've probably potentially got two types of people that are listening. Ones that have maybe an email list at the moment, but they're looking to start yeah. growing it. So we'll, we'll dive into those people first. What kind of advice uh, would you give and how can they start promoting to build their email list? Okay, so one of the least sexy things you can do when you're trying to grow an email list is say, sign up for my newsletter. Boring. Nobody wants to read a newsletter. It really isn't exciting or interesting or entertaining. So what you really need to be doing is coming up with some sort of lead magnet to attract your ideal audience. And the thing you've got to remember with this is the members of your audience, the reason they're in your audience is because they're all going to have one 
overriding problem. Now, you can probably break that problem down into other challenges and you can go a lot deeper with it. But you've got to remember, with a lead magnet, you're not trying to change the world. You're trying to give a quick win, build authority, become an expert and show people that actually you can help them overcome whatever that problem is. And we all know your business exists because it is the solution to a problem. So what is that problem? What is that generic overriding problem that you could solve with a very quick, easy to consume lead magnet. Now, one thing I will say to you is PDF lead magnets now, they've kind of lost their zing, shall we say. They're not quite as powerful as they used to be, purely because they're everywhere. You know, it's almost as hard now to get people to sign up for something for free as it is to get them to pay for something. <laughs> so one of the things I suggest to my audience to try and think of is to put together some kind of quiz. And that is what I specialize in is quizzes as a lead magnet. And there's many reasons for this because they're actionable. They're fun. Tell me you haven't been drawn in by some kind of quiz on Facebook. You know, what, what Harry Potter house are you going to be in or which friend's character are you going to be? You know, whatever it might be. But they're fun for the person taking them. Now, there's a lot that goes into a quiz. And I, I'm not going to go into all the details of that now. But it does lots of things. It teaches somebody something about themselves. You know, why would I take the Harry Potter quiz? Because I want to know what house I'd go into. It's teaching me something about myself in the most basest form. It also, if it's done well, teaches you about your audience. Because with the questions that you create you actually get information back about where your audience are at with that particular problem. And you can then segment them. Why is this important? Because then you can send very targeted emails to them that talk specifically about the problems they've got rather than the generic problem that we were just talking about. We know what the generic problem is. We want to get really personalized. Quizzes are also very viral. They can be shared all the time. People will share their results as well. But going back to building the lead mag or building your email list, if you're not giving something of value, people aren't going to connect with you. They're not just going to give you their email as much as you'd like them to. And quite often people aren't ready when they first come across you to make an inquiry about whatever your service is or whatever it is that you're selling. They need to be, as we said, wooed. They need to be dated. They need to be brought into your world. But how do you get that first date? Well, how do you get a first date normally? You go onto a dating site, don't you? You look at somebody's profile and you think, oh, yeah, cute. Swipe right. Or is it swipe left? I don't know. I've been married too long to really know which one it is. I should know, but I can't even remember. <laughs> but that's what your lead magnet should do. It should make them, let's go with swipe right. It should yeah. make them want to swipe right, not left. You know, it, it's that type of thing. Now, your lead magnet needs to be something that you share all the time. You've got to remember now, in this day and age, we have a ridiculously short attention span. And so therefore, I'm not going to remember if you shared your lead magnet last week. I'm not going to remember any of that. And the other thing is, is the way you share it one week will be different from how you share it the next week. So you might change the call to action. You might change the subject line. You might change the graphic because different things connect with different people. Mm. So sharing that lead magnet all the time on social media, talking about it everywhere, like on this podcast, you know, I would obviously want you to sign up for my quiz, which is my lead magnet. This is an opportunity to talk about it. Talk about it on Facebook Lives. Talk about it in your group. Send it out to your email list on a regular basis. All of these things need to happen. And of course, your website is a no-brainer. 
you should have your lead magnet on every page of your website. So on my course website, we have our quiz. It's called What's Your Hidden Wedding Planner Talent? By the way, highly clickable headline, that one. Anything with the word hidden talent, secret, anything like that does really well. Um, we have it as just above the footer on every page of our website. It doesn't do mm -hmm. any harm to have it there. No. And we get an awful lot of signups. And this is obviously an organic way of driving traffic to your lead magnet. But, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, people aren't just going to sign up to your list because you want them to. You have to ask them to, but you have to give them a reason as to why they would want to. People guard their email address now. They guard they it with their life. They don't give it out as willingly as they used to four or five years ago. You've got to work for it. So give them a reason. Give them mm. something of value. Position yourself as the expert. And taking the time to do something like that, because it does take time. I'm not going to, you know, try and tell you this is something you can do in five minutes. It's not. But it's mm. worth it because it means once you've done it, you've tested it, you've tweaked it, and you've got it right, it works on autopilot. You'll mm. be generating traffic consistently, but you have to talk about it. Again, people aren't just going to find it. Having it on your website is great, but you've also got to be driving traffic to it in other ways as well. And that does include, in some cases, paying for ads too. Mm. Um, but I'll tell you one thing, <laughs> a quiz is the cheapest ad you can possibly run. We've now got ours down to, I think it's at 10 cents a lead. Oh my gosh. So it's insanely cheap to run Amazing. quizzes, which is another reason why you want to do it as well. So hopefully for those of you that do have a website, are already trying to build your email list, then if you haven't got a lead magnet yet, even if you don't want to do a quiz and you want to do something else that you know will work for your audience, like a cheat sheet or a swipe file or whatever it might mm -hmm. be, spend the time doing it. Because like I said at the very beginning, your email list is something you own. Your mon the money is in the list, essentially. Mm. That's where your money is. And you said it as well. You know, you get most of your sales through your email list. We all do because that's where you're building that relationship. So your focus should absolutely be on driving people to sign up for whatever it is you're going to offer them of value that will get them onto your email list so you can then start to nurture them once they're on their list. And that includes putting it into your bio on Instagram, having it as the banner on your Facebook page, you know, in all the obvious places as well, so that when somebody first stumbles across you, they can take it, then it needs to be everywhere. Mm. So, yeah. I love it. <laughs> there were so many things in there I love. One, uh, fun fact, you know, with that, people guard their email list. I've seen a few TikToks where people that break up with their partners then go and use their email on everything and sign them up to all those things is like a, a revenge <laughs> oh my god I hadn't even thought about that blimey so that's just yeah, that how powerful an email address is <laughs> the fact that if you're you know you break up with your ex and you're like I'm gonna get back at you I'm just gonna use your email at airport wi-fi you know all the things and then they end up with all the newsletters so that's just I thought that was funny when you said that I was like yep <laughs> I've seen it yeah, I've seen it in definitely action. guard your they do guard their email for many different reasons but that one I wasn't aware of I won't forget that in a hurry it's a good revenge um <laughs> But it's, it's, and, and, th and this piece of advice, whether you've got an email list or not is amazing. And I think it, it really, it'll help both ends. And, um, you know, once you've got people 
in your email list, you can learn more about them and you can segment them in different ways and, and give them yeah. different pieces of content, you know. And I think that's just um, something you can't do on social media. Social media, you put something out and you just hope that your audience will see it and, you know, you get a certain percent of your audience that sees it. But when it's landing in an inbox, you know, it's it's in a, a place that social media can't can't reach. So, And I also loved that you said that you have to continuously talk about your freebie because we know, like, we can't just, yep, okay, the freebie's done. Yeah. You know, people need to go, you need to, you know, when you're not launching or you're not, you don't have an offer, you should be launching, uh, should be talking about your your freebie and getting them on that list. And I love that you said oh, that because it's definitely yeah. something I try to do with my clients all the time, with my own business. And I think we just forget because we've created the freebie. We're like, oh, we yeah, do. cool. We yeah. do. We just think that it's going to happen. Yeah, It won't. Like I say, you know, people, especially like you said, on Instagram, for example, and Facebook, the algorithms aren't working in our favor. No. <laughs> you know, you such a tiny, tiny percentage of your audience see it. What you've got to remember with social media is it's there for people to stalk you, essentially, <laughs> in a nice way, obviously, yeah. not in a creepy way. Um, but that's what they're doing. They stalk you. They want to know who you are. Are you real, etc. They don't really want to be sold to, but they need to be reminded of it. So with social media, I always like to do give, 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 ask. So mm. I like to give three things and I'm going to ask. And the asks are usually micro commitments. So, you know, a micro commitment would be watch this video, read this blog post, you know, take my quiz. They're micro commitments. You're not asking mm. for anything big. I never sell on social. I only sell my um, freebie, which is very different because obviously mine's a fun freebie. It's a quiz. You're finding out something about yourself. You know, it, it's a different type of thing, but I do talk about it regularly. Like I say, I have it um, in the link to my bio. I have, um, I have it on my Facebook page. You can, you know, you can click on banners on your Facebook page and you can have links. So anything like that, where it's just an obvious one that can be static, absolutely, you should have mm. it there. But talk about it all the time, nonstop, religiously. People won't be bored of you because they won't see half of what you're talking <laughs> about. So, you know, and Very like true. I said, you've got to test different things as well, because what, what will make one person click won't make mm. another person click. What mm. copy, you know, resonates with one person won't resonate with another. Same with images. So you have to, you've got to have a whole bank of different ways of talking about the same thing, essentially. Mm. I love that um, give, 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 ask. I think that's such a powerful thing for everyone's strategy. It's just like give information and then ask, ask for something. Yeah. And it's give, it's give, building ask. habit, right? Like Definitely. You build habit in people yeah. when you ask for things. And if it is, you know, check out my latest podcast or, um, yes. you know, check out my freebie. It's just like these these tiny little things. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll do that. Micro commitment. Yeah, yeah, love it. Absolutely love that. So, I mean, once we get people to our email list, you talked about the sequence. I don't know if you want to dive into your strategy around that, but I would love to yeah, know sure. how you nurture those people once they're on the list. So I have, with my quiz, for example, I have six emails that go out so it's a six email strategy now obviously the first email that goes out has to deliver whatever it is you've promised so in my case I've promised quiz results now actually when they take the quiz they get taken to one of four quiz results pages but not everybody will read that mm. so with your results email what you're trying to do is to give them a little bit more depth 
of knowledge into their results and let them know what to expect now that they are in your world. They've taken, you know, they've pulled up a seat by your fire. They're there now. They're in your inbox. So let them know what's coming. The second one that I send out is always my story, but how it relates to their problem. So, you know, it's not just talking about me, 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 me. Nobody wants to know about me, 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 me. They want to know about how me, me, me is going to relate to them. <laughs> you know, it's always, not whatever you do in your business, it's never about them. It's never about you. It's always about them. What's in it for them? You've always got to be asking that question. So what's in your story that could relate back to them to make them feel like they're in the right place and to keep them reading as well? Mm. Um Email number three is talking about their problem in more detail. So I start to show them the inkling of a solution to their problem. So one thing to remember, whenever you're selling anything, is give them the what, not the how. The, the how is your process. It's what you sell. It's what you make money with. So you're telling them what it is that they need to do, but you're not telling them how to do it because otherwise you won't make any money. So always remember that. Um, yes, you can give lots of value, but don't give away your star stuff. Keep the how to yourself. Um, email number four is really showing them how other people have had their problem and how your solution has helped to fix that. So what we're talking about here isn't testimonials. Mm. It's, and to use a really unsexy word, it's more like a case study, but we don't call it case study. It's a story about how X, Y, Z have this problem. Then they did this and it resulted in this mm. using your product in its most basis form. And if you can tell two or three of those stories that are really going to relate to that person within that email, that really does help. Email number five is about giving value. So if you've got a good podcast episode that you know would relate to them, if you've got a good video training on it, if you've got a great blog post, this is where you're going to point them into that direction. So again, micro commitment. You're not asking them to do too much, but you're giving them loads of value again. And then email number six is you have to put your big girl pants on and actually ask for not the sale, but for them to take the next step, which... Mm -hmm might be to get on a call with you. It might be to go and download another one of your freebies. It could be anything, but it's taking them to that next step. And then from there, after that, they go onto your main list and you should be emailing them once a week. Now, mm -hmm. I email my list once a week. And believe it or not, I don't sell in that email. Not all the time anyway, um, unless I'm, you know, if, if I'm having a launch or a sale, mm -hmm. like for example, we've got Black Friday coming up. Yes, I'm going to be selling my little butt off. But under normal circumstances, what I've been doing is nurturing. So the emails I send out on a regular basis as part of just my normal standard weekly nurture are about my life, believe it or not, but I relate it back to business. So that what I'm doing is I'm pulling and hooking people into my world by being real sometimes I'll even share a photo of my dog or my husband or my daughter or whatever it is that I'm doing I shared a picture of my mum salivating over a milkshake because it was her birthday and um I can't remember now how I related that back to business but I did <laughs> and what happens is people relate to that because it's real it's letting them into parts of your life so that they can see that you're real. But it's also then going on to give them advice afterwards about mm. how X, Y, Z has affected me before. And I managed to do this, this and this to overcome it. 
So you're giving them pieces of advice at the same time. Now that won't work for everybody. It's just a strategy I found that's worked really well. And what's amazing is different people respond to different ones. I don't seem to have the same people hitting reply each week. Different people will email me and say, oh, my God, I have had exactly the same thing happen to me or I so needed to hear that this week or that's so relatable or whatever it might be. And sometimes they might just send me one and saying, God, I love your life or I love your dog or I love this, that and the other. And it just it's connection. Mm -hmm. But again, like I say, you're nurturing, but you're always giving value, but Mm. not selling. People can see through that. If you are going to launch anything, if you're going to sell anything, you have to have warmed them up to that fact and given them an insane amount of value before they're ready to hear that from you. So if you're going to do a launch or if I'm going to do a launch, then I will make sure that for between eight to 10 weeks prior to that launch, I've been giving value, 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 value. I've done lives, I've given value in emails, I've done great blog posts, I've done podcast episodes with lots of value in them. You know, I have really, really given them something to make them trust me. And Mm. this is where the power of email marketing comes in. And people won't read your email necessarily the day it drops. Sometimes it might be three or four days later. In some cases, I've had somebody respond to an email like six weeks later and thinking, (laughs) you never check your inbox. That's just weird. I'm in business. I check mine every day. Um, But, you know, it's everybody in their own time. But Mm. nurturing is the key to really selling out your services and what you do. And you've got to remember, you, you know, you have to give the right amount of value in order to win the trust that you want and to Mm. bring people into your world. It's that simple. I love it. I love everything you say. Amazing. Um, (laughs) You answered so many of my questions too in that, in that piece, you know, I I was thinking when you said your six um, email notice sequence, and I was like, Oh, I wonder if Carly then just sends a newsletter or something and then, you know, or or a nurture, you know, post, sequence and uh you you answered that question because I think a lot of people are like and of course as you say some things work different for others and it's all about this like test trial and measure and you know sending things out looking at your your analytics I'm a big analytics girl you know looking at the rates looking at what emails work um and then you know seeing what your audience really resonates with um so really what you've covered, which has been amazing. And before I go into my last question, I just want to summarize. So, you know, to build up your email list, you need to talk about it more than you are. You need to have a really good freebie and Kylie is all for quizzes. So if you're thinking of doing a quiz, I think you need to think about it. I'm now like, hmm, okay, this is, um, <laughs> I had an idea whilst I was, you were talking about quizzes. Um, I think we could do like a whole another interview just on like, building a quiz I feel like that would be a whole thing um I think think we need to get you back on uh because I think we don't have enough time to go down that rabbit hole but I think it is a really 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 powerful um lead magnet and something as you said before you know it's something different it's everyone wants to know you know the what they are what character they are or where they fit or you know whatever that looks like so I think that is awesome and if anyone's thinking of doing that um you know it's it's Kylie is the person to help you. She is your gal. Um, and then of course, yeah, just nurturing the people once they get on that list. So it's, it's, it seems like 
a very simple process, but it takes time. As you said, it's not going to happen overnight yeah. and it's that nurturing process. And no, that's it would business. be unfair to say mm. that it will happen overnight. And something else I just want to say on the whole email writing front, because I know for a lot of people, writing is the thing they don't like doing. They, it doesn't come naturally to them. Not every email you send has to be an essay. Mm. You know, sometimes your emails can literally be a couple of paragraphs, three or four sentences, you know, don't talk about things that you don't actually have when you don't have something to say. If you don't have something to say that's relevant, don't waffle because people won't want to read that either. But don't feel that pressure mm. to have to write an episode of War and Peace every time, you know, you write an email. You don't. Sometimes yeah. my emails are incredibly short. Now, I'm a gift girl. Um, and so I'll often do little gifts when I'm doing a reel. I'll do a gif. Um, and so sometimes my email might literally be a silly gif of me doing something that relates to what I'm talking about, but it's actually only three or four sentences and I'm pushing them towards a podcast episode. Like for example, the one I've done with you here, mm. I will be pushing people to this podcast episode and it will probably only be a couple of sentences, the email itself with a silly little gif of me doing something. Um, and that will be it. So it doesn't have to be really lengthy. Yeah. It's so true. And I, I really resonate with that because there are weeks where I'm like, I am feeling inspired. I have like something really good to say. And then, and then other, other weeks, weeks, you're not. <laughs> not so much, not so yeah, much. Same. And that's okay. And, and you know, we write content a lot as marketers and, and content creators. So you don't have to, um, you know, it happens to all of us. It's not just, you know. Oh, it does. It does. The There's days sometimes when I sit down and think, I just have absolutely nothing in the tank at yeah. all it's not happening so don't do it leave it yeah, yeah of do course it the place when you are feeling inspired don't beat yourself up over it no. usually that's the time when I take the dog go for a walk sing a bit of ABBA come back I'm like right ready to go <laughs> I love it I love it so there was one thing and I don't know if we can quickly touch on it before we wrap up but you talked sure. about having nine ways to create one piece of content to build your email list I'm a little bit curious as to what this is okay. and I wonder if we can dive right. into it quickly so this is all about writing a really good blog post. So <laughs> nine ways to create a piece of content, well, nine ways to create different pieces of content out of one piece of content. So when I sit down to write a blog post, I always, always, always write it with either three, five, seven, or nine points. Now, I'm an odd I, I like odd numbers. There's something that works with odd numbers and marketing. So don't ask me why. Don't know. I have nothing to back that up <laughs> other than the fact it just seems to work. Um, so if you're writing and you're taking the time to write a really good piece of content, whether that's for your podcast or whether it's for a video or whether it's for a blog, then try and come up with nine points for that blog post. Because immediately there, what you've done is you've got the blog post. You're going to send the blog post out over email. You could talk about that blog post on a podcast episode. You could talk about that blog post on a Facebook Live because you've already done the hard work. You've done the research. You've put it out there. You can then break that actual um, piece of content down and do nine different posts based on the nine points that you've just talked about. Because let's face it, on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, you could do nine different TikToks all about that one piece of content. 
because you've come up with nine different tips. Now you could do it as seven tips, you could do it as five tips. Three, mm, it's okay, but if you're gonna sit down to write a piece of content, you may as well do five, seven or nine. Mm. But this is where it becomes so easy because all of a sudden you've made it so simple for yourself to do nine Facebook posts, nine Instagram posts, nine TikTok videos, nine Instagram reels. It's so simple. And of course you do all those other things as well, like mm. send it out to your list, you know, do a Facebook live, put it into your Facebook group, share it in other people's Facebook groups, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the key is being really smart when you come to writing any piece of content. As mm. I say, think about it from a point of view of nine ways to um, get people to open your emails. So it would be really easy for me to come up with a piece of content like that. Now, that doesn't mean that that piece of content has to be huge. You just have to come up with nine really good points with a sentence underneath each one that people can actually action. Mm. Because a lot of the time, information can be overpowering. So if within those nine points, you're giving nine really super actionable pieces of advice, that's going to work really, really well for you. And like I said, nine ways to share it across as many different platforms as you want to. So it comes down to being really smart when you're actually sitting down to write a piece of content. Mm, I love that. And I am all for repurposing. This podcast episode becomes a blog. It becomes yes. most of our social content for the whole week. You know, it all the things it becomes pins for Pinterest, like, you know, Didn't all even for that. touch on Pinterest, <laughs> but absolutely. It gives you nine different pins for Pinterest. Yeah. How could I forget Pinterest? Oh. Big, biggest driver of organic traffic. But yeah. yes, that's a whole other topic, isn't it? <laughs> that's a whole other podcast episode in itself. But no, <laughs> thank you so much. I have learned so much from you and I've just loved your energy. Uh, it's been oh, it's, it's the perfect <laughs> amount of energy for this show. Like, absolutely love it. And yeah, so much value. And of course, we definitely have to get you back on, talk about quizzes, because I just, I want to pick your brain about that. Uh, but how can people connect with you, find you, work with you, learn from you, all the things? Um, best thing to do is to go to my website, which is very simple, kylielang.com. And if you want to take my quiz, it's forward slash quiz. Um, if you want to join me on my boot camp, it's forward slash waitlist. Um, literally everything is on my website and you will see right at the top of the website if you forget um, about the quiz URL you'll see a link to the quiz there and all my links for social are on the website as well and um, so if you fancy coming and singing along with me to ABBA come and check me out on Instagram I do a reel roughly once every couple of weeks um, Love it. been a month recently <laughs> but yeah um, so you can find me there as well Oh my gosh. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining and sharing your wisdom. I've absolutely loved it. I've had a blast. Thank you for inviting me. I absolutely loved chatting with Kylie. I learned a lot. Would love to know what your fab factor is. I'm definitely trying to nut out more. I definitely know it's digital nomad, um, but I need to uh, dive into more of my fab factor. If you have yours, Make sure you let us know on Instagram or all of the social platforms. We would love, love, love to hear from you. And as I said, you know, if you want to start your nurturing list, if you want to start building these things and you just don't know where to even begin, you're procrastinating, you have a blank word document, then the content template membership, the content queen membership is perfect for this because it actually just gets you started. And that's why I created this membership was just to help people get started because, you know, that's once you get started, 
it's fab because then you can tweak, change, alter, do whatever you need to do. But it's that getting started that I really want to be able to help you guys with. So make sure you check out the membership. Super excited about it. Keen to welcome more amazing souls into the membership. But be a content queen or king. And remember that developing your content develops your business. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please don't forget to share this with all your business and entrepreneurial friends. You could do this by adding it to your Insta stories and tagging us at Content Queen Mariah, or just simply tell them about it. If you rate and review on whatever platform you're listening to this on, it really will help me get my message out there and this podcast. Follow me on Instagram, connect on LinkedIn, do all the things, and let us know any topics you want us to deliver in the mean, in the future. Please tell us so that we can get the guests on or chitty chat about that content. Have the most amazing week and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.